Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. It's always wonderful to be with you, spend time with you, and uh, yeah, just love uh, our conversations pre and post recording. Yeah, and in between. We should have that kind of uh, behind the scenes show where people get to hear what we talk about between podcasts because it's, uh, I I think they might be surprised at, at, um, oh, how how ordinary. I, I mean, when I, when I hear people speak that I, that I really think are, they, they really have a handle on some great information like yourself. I'm always surprised when they talk about baseball and football and, mm-hmm. and what was on the table uh, for dinner last night. And so I, they'd enjoy it. So to this, today we continue our series in February of just helping people with emotional health. It's been fantastic. I, I have really benefited just from listening to the language that kind of categorizes and helps me aim my life uh, more yeah. specifically towards health. And today we're going to continue with our next part. What, what is that next part? So Jim, this is the third piece of the puzzle and uh, it's called filling your emotional tank. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite verses of scripture is in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30. And, and Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. I just love the invitational part of that. And he goes on, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Um, And I love that part, learn from me. You know, it's like, watch me, watch how I do it. And if you watch how Jesus did it, he had this amazing rhythm of of ministry and rest, uh, being with people and being alone. And, and, And then he goes on to say, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a leader, the rest Jesus promises here uh, mm-hmm. often seems elusive. And, and Jim, I wonder yeah. why you think that is. I mean, you know, why do you think it is yeah. elusive? Well, I, I, I think the world is under the influence of a lot of spiritual things that, that have, that have thievery at their core, you know, thief, mm-hmm. comes, they'll kill and destroy and there's a lot, there's a lot in this world that would steal, dilute, pollute our hearts, our time. I think, I think the road is narrow uh, that leads to life. I think the, the, the road is broad that leads to destruction. So I, I just, I don't know, we're kind of walking a narrow road towards yeah. an eternal king that's saying, come here, and I, I got this. So I, I, I know that we've been given peace. So if we're missing it, something has been stolen from us. It's not, mm. we have to find it. We have to reclaim it. Something has been taken from us. As rightfully ours, and and often I, I would say more often than not, I give it away. I let the newscast, mm. I let the the opinion, I let the social media posts, I let the you know the hurtful words get deeper into me than I should, and it also exposes that I haven't really buffeted myself with you know with a defensive you know with faith, with the shield of faith. I, I know who I am in Christ, so no one can take that away from me. I know what I'm called to do, so nobody's opinion is anything more than just that. I, I yeah, we're. We're trying to live clean in a, in a really filthy world. There's a challenge there for sure. It, yeah. It's not going to happen accidentally. It's yeah. going to happen very proactively, very much on purpose. You know, one of the things I think too, that Jim, I, I think that um, our culture, the pace of our culture has really influenced oh. the church. Yeah. Now COVID has interrupted that uh, mm-hmm. to some degree. I was talking to a pastor uh, while 
several pastors last week who said the same exact thing. They said, John, I'm not as busy as I used to be, but I'm more tired. Yeah. And I said, well, I think it's because the things you are doing are requiring a lot more out of you. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, I only had 10 appointments this week and they were all funerals. Well, of course you're exhausted. Right. <laughs> only had 10 appointments. They're all weddings you know, it's, right. of course you're exhausted. Those are extremely emotional right. things. And we live at a very, a very emotional age. We really, really do. So when it comes to, to really uh, getting our arms around emotional mental fitness, a prevention, I believe prevention is almost always easier. And yeah. I know for sure it's more cost effective than yeah. recovery. And so I'd like us to talk about three preventive behaviors that will fill your tank and keep it filled. How's that sound? I'm in. I'm all here's, in. <laughs> here's the first one. Sensible scheduling. Yeah. I never, I hardly ever get an amen on that, Jim, when I speak in public <laughs> from leaders. Um, but I think, I think leaders tend to operate in the realms of extreme when it comes to their calendar. They're, they're, it's either, their calendar is, is either stuffed or it's nearly empty. Um, right. you know, and if your calendar is consistently jammed, we're not suggesting here that you go to the other extreme of tumbleweeds, you know, blowing through your calendar, right. so to speak. You know, if, if our calendar is always over stuff. I think we've got to ask this question, the hard question. And the hard question is, is one word. And that is why? Yeah. Right. Why am I overestimating how much I can get done in a day right. or a week? I think Chris Brooks, and I might chop this up and it won't sound as good as he said it in one of the podcasts that he did with us. I think it was pod 71 where he said, you know, we overestimate what we can get done in a week. We underestimate what we can get done in 10 years. Yeah. And I thought that was such a, a profound it's, it's statement, you yeah. know, so am I overestimating my, my ability to get something done in any given day or week? Uh, am I trying to, am I having problems with the jam calendar because I'm trying to prove my value? Right. Um, or is it because I'm afraid of what I'll discover about myself if I slow down? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that why question. Give me, give me some thoughts. Well, on that. I, you know, think? I think I think that people burn out because not because of what they say no to, they burn out because of what they say yes to. And I think if you understand what you're supposed to do, then you understand to some degree what you're not supposed to do. Mm. I am not a marriage counselor. I, I, I learned right away it takes everything out of me. Uh, it almost had a universal um, lack of success mm. um, when there was a success. I don't know, it wasn't satisfying enough to, you know, a hundred hours to have one breakthrough, a hundred hours mm -hmm. of, of bad to have one moment of breakthrough, often ending in divorce later. So I, I, I learned that I, I need to find someone who's good at that or yeah. admit that I'm not. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're our pastor. We need counseling. Counselor, well, I, I know someone who's a brilliant marriage counselor. And because I care about your marriage, I'm not gonna, I, I'm, a, I'm a general physician and you have a brain tumor. You need yeah. a, a cranial oncologist who you need someone who's going to save your life, not someone who's going to give you an aspirin and, right. and not feel like I was doing them a disservice by not serving them at all, but actually saying the best thing I can do for you is nothing, but to point you in the direction of someone that can actually help you. So if your calendar is always full, I, I, there, there are issues because you're not, you're not moderating your own life. Well, 
And yeah. it could be insecurities. It could be a sense of everybody needs something from me. Right. And you and I both know this. When you've given everything you have, there'll always be a line of people wanting more. Well, and that's and when you're exhausted and, you, and you, you do something else for a living, they'll stop calling you. They'll move on to the next victim and they'll say you failed them. So it's yeah. you have to take control of your own life because the fruit of your life is, is extraordinarily important. Yeah. And, and I think as a, a leader, your calendar will get control of you if you don't get control of it. it, it yes. It, it, will, <laughs> it will take over. I'm, I'm laughing because when I went into the inner city children's ministry and something called Master's Commission in the mid 80s, it was a hundred bus kids from the inner city Phoenix. I had two weeks with the existing pastor before I was the pastor. And I said, what do I do? He said, I have no idea. This is all I can teach you about inner city bus ministry. Have a wonderful program prepared for them or they'll have a wonderful program prepared for you. Those are, those are your only two choices. So man, I had a wonderful program prepared. There's popsicles and clowns and puppets for the moment they got on, the moment I got off. And the same is true, right? Either you yeah. have a plan or that you work or everybody else's plans will work you into the ground. And That's right. It's, it's tragic. Yeah. Well, here's the second one, Jim. Okay. Uh, we're talking about ways to fill your tank. So one of the yes. ways you fill your tank is by being reasonable with your calendar. Yeah. And, 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 and one more thing real quick, acknowledging that you don't have a, an unlimited supply of energy. Yes. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's a huge uh, yeah. behavior. Here's the second one. Uh, and that is human bonding. Um, I think COVID pandemic, has really uh, shown us the value of yeah. relationships more than I think we've imagined them to right. be. The cost of not having is... Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one yeah. because they have a good return for their work. I mean, that, you know, I've used that when I perform wedding ceremonies, um, but it, it has a much broader application, you know. Uh, being a leader in, in normal times sets you up for isolation. Yeah. During, during COVID yeah. times, it has gone to the extreme. Um, yeah. And so we are seeing, uh, not surprisingly, a significant uptick uh, with pastors and leaders suffering with anxiety and depression, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and li listen, God has never, never designed us for long-term isolation. He's, he's designed us for moments, Jim, I believe of solitude, sure. but, and, and those are good for me, especially I'm an introvert. So some solitude really helps me um, refuel, but there's a big difference between solitude and isolation. Yeah. And when we are disconnected from people and we've got all kinds of stats now from the last year to prove this, yeah. it leads, it leads to emotional trouble. Yeah. Consistently, not not in five percent of cases, right? It's no, like ninety-five percent of cases. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think my wife is the exception. She's like, finally, I don't have to hug people. She's she's an introvert. She's yeah. a D on the disc assessment. She doesn't like small talk. So finally, I can just get my job done and get out, and no one touches me. <laughs> you know. But I think ninety-five percent of the people are missing that hug, missing that yeah. when they go to a church that's socially distanced and assigned seating, and you know, which is which is a reasonable thing to do. We do right. that. But people that are looking for connection when they come to church, it almost makes it worse. It's like you can smell the food, but you can't taste it from where we where they put them. Yeah, right. And 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 Jim, so and I can even flip that this thought this way: yeah. that if you are suffering with anxiety and depression, there are many things that you need to do to get well. But if you miss this one, Jim, if if you miss the relational aspect of getting well, um, you'll never get well uh, fully. No. 
Um, so this piece just matters so much. Uh, uh, I, I always talk about Genesis 2.18. It seems like I talk about it every day, every week. Um, God said about Adam, it is not good for the man yeah. to be alone. And, uh, and so he knew that Adam needed other human beings to do life with. Can you imagine someone being shipwrecked and all they had was, you know, food, water, shelter, and a, and a complete library of the Bible and Bible study guides. And for 20 years, they studied nothing but the words that, that are translated into love. And to think that that person is the utmost scholar on the planet in what those words mean. Yet the guy knows nothing about love because mm -hmm. it's never been tested. It's, it's right. never, iron has never met iron. It's a, it's a, a rusty tool that, that mm -hmm. really is not sharpened yet because you need proximity. I, right. And pastors struggle with this, right? Pastors struggle with this. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. lead pastors. Like, you know, I can't trust anybody or I don't have any friends or look, yeah. you know, and I appreciate that. You've been a lead pastor a long time. I was a lead pastor for seven and a half years. And, and one of the first things to go, if we're not careful, is this. And, and we can make all the excuses we want to. If you don't have any people you can make friends with in your city, go visit the next city over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Find somebody because it's so important. It's, it's, you can't skimp on this, uh, no. Jim and stay healthy yeah. mentally and emotionally just can't be done. Now, if it was all information, Jesus would have written a book and we'd have read it, but he didn't. He said, follow me and yeah. following him. There were storms, there were deserts, there was cold, there was rejection, there was fellowship. Uh, you're talking about the rhythm of Jesus. You know, it looks like he goes from great thing to great thing to great thing. But if you read the mm -hmm. geography, He's in Capernaum, and the next day he's, you know, the next story, he's in Bethany. Well, that, that's a three-day walk. There you go. So three days of fresh air, sunshine, dear friends, campfires, mm -hmm. stories, and then they cast out demons. And then it's three days in a boat to get to the other. So there's a lot of, you know, it isn't germane, it seems, to the story. But, but in the telling of the story to someone who's familiar with the geography, we're, we're talking about days sometimes right. between major draining events. And they're days of clean air sunshine, right. you know, water that's not polluted. It's, it's, a, it's a different day and we need those between major events. We need good friends and campfires and long walks. And mm -hmm. yes, there, there's, a, there's a, a pace that's unimaginable, but before and after those unimaginable moments, there's a pace that I think we know probably very little of. We would call it a camping trip. Jesus called it Tuesday. You know, it was just part of his every, every yeah. day life, you know? Yep. Yeah, I miss the desert. I lived in Phoenix for, for years. I, there's just something about sitting up on top of a mountain alone, looking over a valley, uh, something mm -hmm. about cactus. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I guess I get the same deer hunting sitting in a tree. Huh. But there's something about being alone in God's creation where God speaks to you differently. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay. So here's the third one, Jim, and that's the uh, emotional mapping. And uh, yeah. that might be a new term uh, like to, to our listeners. Uh, you know, I use a GPS when I travel. Yeah. Uh, to places I've never been before, right. uh, especially. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I like to use a GPS even when I know where I'm going, just in case there's an accident and <laughs> I need to be rerouted. Um, but I think very few of us map out our emotional journey. And, and, and you know what? This isn't complicated at all, Jim. These, hmm. I want to give uh, like three or four markers real quick. Yeah on our journey toward mental and emotional fitness. Um, yeah. Marker one, laughter. Yeah. Um, Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart 
is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we believe in the power of laughter. Um, there's this feel good rush when we've had a belly laugh yeah. that's chemical in, in nature and, and feel good chemicals in our brain get released. Stress is tamped down and everything seems right with the world yeah. when we've had a good laugh. Uh, yeah. So that's one. And I, I tell you, the work we do is so serious. Uh, yeah. We're talking life and death. We're talking eternity, right? This is right. It's as yeah. serious as it gets. Yeah. Man, do we need people in our life who help us not to take ourselves so seriously yeah. and, and allow us to laugh and enjoy the fun part of life? Yeah, I've never, uh, as a pastor now, senior pastor for 26 years, I, I, we've hosted a lot of funerals and then funeral lunches. I've never done a funeral that didn't include tears. And I've never hosted a lunch that didn't have a room full of people dying laughing. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I, I think we just intuitively know there's a time to cry, but there's also a time to laugh. That's right. All the stories come out at the lunch. Everybody starts talking about what a goofball, yeah. you know, he was, or, or the, you know, the time she tripped down the stairs or whatever it is. And everybody, there's, there's nothing but tears. It seems like at funerals normally, but the lunches where we get together, there's something cathartic about remembering the good stuff as well. That's right. That's right. So that's, that's marker one. So if you're listening today, uh, Jim and I both want to tell you to lighten up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and have some fun. Yeah. Uh, here's the second one. And that is exercise marker two, exercise. Um, and, it, and it, yeah, it, it, it really, it, it does to our brain much of what laughter does. It helps us to burn off nervous energy. It reduces yes. our stress. Um, recent research suggests that it may actually exercise may actually help us create new brain cells, yes. which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I just know for me, Jim, that the preventive action of exercise is, has been a lifesaver for me. It is, I, it does things for me. Nothing else can do for me yeah. in terms of my emotional and my mental well-being. Yes. And, ex yeah. and, and pastors tend to be so sedentary uh, and, and, and even like CEOs tend to really struggle with this, yeah. but it is super important. Yeah, no, it's, it's oxytocin, uh, endorphins, you know, these, all mm -hmm. the feel good chemicals. I, I, you know, as a, as a, a, a longtime distance runner, I have started a hundred runs or more with, with severe issues on my heart and mind. I'm, I'm just going to go for a run. And by the time I come back, I, this is how many times, zero times have I come back with that same problem. It is, mm -hmm. it is the cure. And I have a clarity about it. God speaks to me often on long runs. Somehow it's meditative. And right. maybe you get that from the weight room. Maybe you get that from a stretching class. I, I don't know, but there's just something about, you know, burning off stress through the exerting of your body. That is powerful. I think our adrenaline has to have a place to go. It's going to go inward it's go. Go outward. and yeah. to let it all out on a good long run or just a good healthy walk, just a, yeah. whatever it is. But you know, that's one of the reasons I want to run outside and not at the gym is the gym has, you know, 14 television sets filled with, news and jerry springer and right. bikinis and i like I, i'm not it isn't just the exercise that i need i my soul needs to to do something other than obsess about what i'm concerned with that's yeah. really good it frees it up you know yep so here's the third one and that yeah. third marker is boredom interesting yeah so what do you I mean asked, by boredom seems like it'd be a bad I, thing well um by boredom i here's let me give you some examples of boring things Okay, yeah. how about, yeah. why don't we do that? Um, 
you know, planting flowers. <laughs> I mean, it's just totally boring, you know, for me. There's I'm nothing exciting <laughs> about planting flowers. Yeah. Um, going to play 18 holes of golf. I, I, I mean, I like to golf, but yeah. honestly, it's boring. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing really exciting. Like, man, if I sink a 40 foot putt, you know, that, but yeah. there is just nothing like really scintillating about golf. Right. Um, walking on a beach, going to an art museum. I remember when I was struggling with major depression, my father-in-law told me, he said, John, you need, you need a distraction in your life. We're going to go to an art museum. Now I, I uh -huh. wasn't an art appreciator. I don't yeah. know that I still am, uh, yeah. but but just going to the museum for an hour, Jim, and looking at paintings and artwork and really? amazingly talented people, huh. boring is all get out, <laughs> but it was helpful. And I think, I think what we're saying here is that we need to inject a little bit of boring into our lives. Not a lot, just a little bit, a distraction, something yeah. that isn't, doesn't have eternal implications to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, you know, and, and for some people, it might even be a hobby uh, that they they enjoy. That again, it's not like it doesn't yeah. get their cortisol or their adrenaline moving. Yeah, yeah. But it's just something that's different. It's a distraction. So maybe we could call this marker distraction. And that might even be better. But yeah. bottom line is not being involved in something for a little bit that really doesn't matter that much in terms of eternity. You might, my wife has a hard time staying awake if we drive more than 15 minutes in the car. Mm. And, and, and I, you know, not always, but if we're on vacation, the first thing she wants to do is rest. So the pillow, the blanket, the feet go up on the dashboard and I'm all alone. Mm. But what's nice about that is between here and, and the Mackinac Bridge is she falls asleep the north side of Flint. And, and it, it is not uncommon at all that, that something happens just driving up 75. That wouldn't happen if I was sitting in my family room with the TV set on, that there's, yeah. It, it, it requires enough of my attention to drive the car, but, but the creative part of me is, is inactive. And I think right. that rest kind of, now, now there's this thought, there's a comment on the radio, you know, but just sitting quietly behind the wheel of a car has always borne good fruit in my life. And I mean, it sounds like what you're talking about with the boredom, something that's yeah. occupying enough, but not something that takes your creative, the creative part of your soul and puts it to work. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And what's, well, what's your last one? So here it is. And, that's, and that is sleep. And Jim, we've talked about sleep a lot on the podcast the last year. Yeah, and a half. huge. In fact, we did an entire pod on it, episode 13, which seems like, you know, decades ago, but it's yeah. only been a little over a year ago on the power of sleep. Um, six to nine hours of sleep each night gives your brain the space it needs to repair itself. Uh, it, it's, it's like uh, sleep is like a cheat code. It's like a superpower. It's, yeah. uh, it, it has this amazing capacity. I can go to bed at night, Jim, thinking, I don't know if I have enough energy for the next day. This happens to me a lot. I get a good night's sleep. I wake up and I think, wow, I can tackle the day. I feel like I can get into it and I can work. And, and some uh, pastors, some business owners really pride themselves on being able to get by on four hours of sleep. Mm. And, if that, and if you're listening and that's you, um, you know, I, I, I care about you enough to tell you that there is an invisible brick wall yeah. that you're speeding toward yeah. and you will slam into that wall and you will be forced to sleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're borrowing your ear. That's there you go. I, maybe you're some sort of physiological you know, anomaly, but 
the vast, 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 I would say everybody that's listening right now cannot get by on four hours of sleep. Even if they use an excuse, I take a nap in the afternoon for 15 minutes or it's, mm-hmm. it's not healthy. Uh, one of the common denominators of people that I bury that are younger than 50 is they, they work themselves out of sleeping. They, mm-hmm. they, that was the thing they gave up. They were shift workers that, you know, they wanted to be with their family during the day, but they had to work at night. They lived off of coffee. They, they died before they're 50. I, I don't know why that is, but there's something like say repairing the body. The body heals itself when right. we're deeply resting. Yeah. So look, look back over the month of February. Now you, you've done several podcasts. Can you just kind of couch the information like as a recap for sure. us? Because I know these are 20 minute segments, but just give us the, the three minute version of all of these. So, so Jim, the good news for all of us and those who are listening today uh, is that we don't have to do 50 things yeah. to stay emotionally healthy. We yeah. just need to do a few and do them well. And so here's, here's kind of like the, <coughs> excuse me, the infrastructure that I believe is required to enjoy good, sustained mental and emotional well-being. One is to become your own best friend. Yeah. Watch yourself talk. Understand the difference between self-care and self-centeredness. Have the opinion of yourself that God does. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a lot smarter than you. So uh, embrace his opinion of you. Learn how to care for your soul. So that's the becoming your own best friend. Secondly, discover the power of assertiveness. It's a powerful tool in your toolkit. Essentially, it is this, that I speak the truth in love. I tell somebody who injures me how what they did hurt me, injured me, and how I would like the relationship to be moving forward. Yeah. Um, and then thirdly, and we just uh, talked about this in this pod, is learn how to fill your emotional tank. Yeah. Be aware that you're an emotional being and that the behaviors of reading scripture and, and praying, and while those are important, they help to some degree they don't always fill the emotional side. The emotional tank gets filled with a different set of behaviors. And so figure that out because we want you not only to survive February every year, we yeah. want you to, we want you to actually have energy and, and be able to thrive and, and really uh, take on the month with uh, as much energy and strength as you possibly can. Yeah, I love it. I love it. John, I know there's, there's one thing we've been offering during this month and that is your book. Unshakable yeah. You has been such a blessing. We just hear so much great feedback. Number one bestseller of all the resources that Converge offers. Tell us a little bit about that and how we might be able to get a hold of a copy of that for us. Yeah, so the best way to get a hold of a copy of the book is go to our website, convergecoach.com, and uh, go to the shop link, and that will take you to that book. And uh, it's a short book, Jim. I wrote that book uh, hmm. for uh, men to read. You know, I, it's for women too. But I know that most men, if they look at a very thick book, they've already determined that it's not for them. So we wrote this book uh, in a way that is not, it's really for the general audience. So a leader will benefit from it. But boy, uh, your congregation, the people in your business will benefit dramatically by getting the book. So that's the best way to get it, get a hold of it. I think read it as a staff, digest it, go through with your leadership, make it a sermon series on Sunday morning yep. and invite you, uh, the author, to come and speak at, at, at the congregation. It is, it is that important. And, and if we've learned anything in the last year, it is the importance of emotional health and yep. how those of us that were just kind of teetering on the edge, you know, everything that we've been through in the last 12 months has pushed us well over the edge. And right. so now we fix that 
So many people, the, the statistics we've shared on previous podcasts about suicide, depression, anxiety, it is off the charts. So it, it's great that you're teaching people the hermeneutics of Lucan historiography, but maybe we could be a little bit more practical in what you're, what you're doing from the pulpit to really help people. So thank you, John, for sharing this week. Of course, this month has been terrific and God bless you. And, and thank you for taking your, your, your previous misery and turning it into your current ministry and helping so many people. Just, I think you were one of those guys that's born for such a time as this. So thanks so much. And to our dear listener and watcher, we are so excited that you've joined us today. Please do your best to share the message that has been shared today with others. It's free. There's no commitments involved. We just want to help people. That's what this is for. It costs this ministry money to, to get it to you for free. So please take advantage of this. Pass it around and we'll continue our prayers for you as you continue to lead from the line. Oh,